I'm sick of hearing these words. I'm sick of it. Why? I've reported on this for 15 years, and I want to see actions, not words. We keep hearing we're close. We keep hearing this. We keep hearing that. Like from? We've overlooked... Who are we hearing this from? From everyone. From the A-League, from Football Taz. Right. We need to see actions on this. They've overlooked us twice. They brought in MacArthur and someone else. They, Where they are brought, MacArthur? They're in New South Wales. Yeah. They're bringing in Auckland before us. They're bringing in Canberra before us. Give us some actual guidance on well, proper guidance. That's the voice of Brent Costello speaking <laughs> the truth on SEN Tassie Breakfast on Monday morning. And as we welcome you in, Matt Bulkley, Football Tasmania CEO. Sorry to be blunt. And sorry, I think that's the first time you heard that. So um, I am... I am frustrated as you probably are too though um with with a lack of things happening with the a-league bid we've he heard about it for a long time as i said in that uh 2008 when i first covered it how, how do you feel as football tasmania ceo do you feel like the a-league is doing enough to get us in yeah look i can uh i do short answers i do obviously the australian professional leagues are effectively running the competitions now women's and men's and they're running expansion plans and the processes around that and so we're very much a part of that process, as as we've talked about before. The 13th and 14th licence are earmarked at the moment for Auckland and Canberra. And then Tasmania is very much um, part of the discussion and the process in relation to 15th and 16th uh, licence. The difference, I think, is in the past there's kind of been a process and open bid and anyone could um, put their name forward. Uh, whereas now it's very much them identifying markets and then sort of bringing um, those people with them and, and sort of working from there. Well, that was my next question. What is different? So you honestly think we are a genuine chance of getting a team, and, and soon by the sound of it, 2025, 26. And as I said to you yesterday, we talked for the news. Where are they going to play though? We haven't got a stadium. Yeah, so so yes, we do believe we're a very very good chance, and it and it will be or likely to be as soon as twenty five, twenty six. So thirteenth and fourteenth will be uh, the season after this, and then the fifteenth, sixteenth would follow that. Um, and yeah, where they would play that that would need to be sort of worked through. Obviously, North Hobart worked reasonably well for Western United earlier in the year for the women's and men's games, and we had some good numbers there. Uh, we've got some some of our local football club facilities that are really starting to get at a, a really good level, Devonport and Kingborough in particular. So they're options. But there's no doubt that infrastructure will be part of the important process, and that's both training and also um, where the team plays. So is that? do you really think that's realistic, though, for 25, 26, to have all of that in place if you're looking at either upgrading existing things or playing at North Hobart Oval, having a training base? Like there's just yeah. so much in, in such a short time. Yeah, I do, Tim. I think, um, and so th there's examples, there's precedents of other clubs that have, have done it that quickly. Um, probably one of the most successful clubs in, in many ways on and off the field has been the Western Sydney Wanderers, and they, they really had to hit the ground running. Uh, it was probably 10 years ago now, um, and, you know, they got it done, and some of the more recent clubs have sort of m had to move pretty quickly. But there's certainly been some work to do, there's no doubt about that. But one of the one of the key elements of what we're putting forward as a governing body at the moment is our facility strategy. And at the heart of that is what we're calling a state football centre, which would have a show, all going well, would have a show pitch within that that could accommodate league women's and men's games, you know, five to 10,000 seater. We think that that would be the ideal solution for football in Tasmania. Yeah, what about the Tassie market? Obviously the summer with the jack jumpers, the hurricanes, are you you're confident that it's big enough to also hold an A-League team and, and fill stadiums and, and have the support? Yeah, we are. And, and partly because of that sort of more boutique 
uh, approach, a bit like what the Jack Champs yep. have done. It's a smaller venue, you know, regularly sold out. That's what we think can happen with the A-League. Um, and, yeah, we are confident our football community, which is very large, uh, will get behind it. I think we've seen really a taste of that uh, or a strong taste of that with the Matildas and people getting behind their um, their efforts and um, achievements. So we think that can happen locally as well. Just before we get to the Matildas, because that's what we got you in for, one last one. I, I did get some positive feedback from that. Do you think people are sick of hearing words and not seeing actions, though, when it comes to A-League? Yeah, look, I, I can understand where people are frustrated, but um, sometimes action can be sort of less visible to the person on the street and things can be really happening and, and a lot of momentum happening behind the scenes. And that's what I would say is happening now. Um, lots of uh, discussions, information sort of exchanging between us and the APL and also us working with some other clubs on, on best practice and how we would do it here. Uh, so I think you'll see probably more visibility around that moving forward. Now, talking about momentum, the Matildas, been a huge couple of weeks in the country um, for soccer. I suppose, what, what is that going to do for football participation in Tasmania and, and how do we capture that momentum that's been created in the last few weeks? Yeah, look, it's been amazing, Tim. I mean, I, I think those of us in the game knew that it was going to be a massive event. Probably none of us, if we're honest, knew that it was going to be so big. Uh, I think it's broken all sorts of records, both the tournament itself, but also in terms of the Matildas and people's engagement with the Matildas. Really love for the Matildas, you'd have to say. Um, we, we always see a spike in participation after any Women's or Men's World Cup. Uh, somewhere between 5 and 10%. I think we'll well and truly exceed that, particularly on the, the women and girls' side of the game. Um, and, and our challenge, as always, is to make sure we harness that enthusiasm, make sure there's places to play, there's programs, there's coaches, referees, and again, important, importantly, that there are facilities. So we have had, historically, uh, some very low sort of levels of female-friendly change rooms, pitch lighting has been very low and so on. That has improved, but we've got a lot of work to do and we're working very closely through our facility strategy to achieve that. Matt Bulkley is the Football Tasmania CEO with us in the studio on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. You can get us on the Kia Tassie open line. Uh, text us in 0437 552 Craig Foster's comments are interesting during the week, Matt. He, he's receded all these shots of the politicians with their Matilda scarves on and, and things like that. And he wants to see, again, actions and not not words so much with facilities and money and things for the game. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so as I said to yesterday, um, I think it's really important and valuable that our leaders uh, are really getting behind something like the Women's World Cup and, of course, the Matildas. I think that really helps in terms of raising the profile of, of what they're doing, uh, them as athletes, the success they're having. Um, and I think that's important for all of our leaders to do that. And I think that's really helped through this process. But of course, we also do want and need better facilities, more facilities, uh, money going into programs so that we can continue to build on this legacy. Um, and that's what we saw in the UK off the back of the Lionesses winning the Euros. Uh, there was almost an immediate sort of flow of funds into the game. And that's what we'd love to see here as well. Was there any talk... Um pre-World Cup with any countries about coming down here. We spoke about last week that there was no um, base, base camp. camps, if you like, or yeah. practice matches played in Tasmania. So one, was there any discussion around that? And two, if, if we did have a Macquarie Point or a rectangular stadium, would you expect that we would not only attract that, but attract hopefully some big games and even some Matildas games in the future? Yeah, it's a, it's a, there's a few things in that, Tim. I think, so the short answer is yes. We had a lot of discussions. We tried very hard. So 
So going back a step, we were obviously pushed very hard to have a host city in Launceston. Yep. Um, using your park up there. Unfortunately, we didn't quite get over the line with that one. Uh, we pushed very hard but for base camps. In the end, we did have base camps on the list. But what we saw is that all of the nations opted for sort of mainland metropolitan areas because they wanted to really minimise their travel, which is, I guess, understandable. That 50 minute flight. Yes, oh. yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so that, look, that, that was disappointing that we didn't have that local content. We did obviously also try and get some pre-tournament matches here. But um, yeah, we didn't do that. But to, to come back to your question about marquee games like, say, the Matildas, Socceroos, maybe some international club friendlies, uh, we think from what the information we've seen that Macquarie Point Stadium might be suitable for that. But in terms of ongoing elite level football like A-League Women's and Men's, like our own top level football, we think that a, a bespoke um, venue within our state football centre is the best solution. Before we let you go, you're finishing up soon. What have you got left? A couple of weeks? A month? Yeah, about a month left, month Brent. A month ago. Yeah. And can you, you you said when you did People resign. like you have worn him down, Brent. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Can't take it anymore. <laughs> you said you're staying in Tassie, but you, you wouldn't reveal at that point what you were going to do. Can you tell us exclusively on yes, FCN Tassie yeah, breakfast? Yes, hot off the press. So I'm going to Oz Cycling, so the okay. national governing body for all of the cycling disciplines in a, okay. in a workforce development role, head of workforce development. So... A little bit different, but I'm really looking forward to that. Excellent. And yeah. that's based in Tasmania, that's, that right? That's uh, based out of Hobart, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, enjoy your last month in the job. Uh, thanks for coming in this morning. It's always good to have you in the studio. And uh, all the best uh, for the all the finals, too. And hang on, is it true, too, that South Hobart didn't have the trophy there last Friday night to present? So our sort of custom is that we present trophies to the champions at their next home game. Right. After, generally the next home game and sometimes it can be a couple of weeks later depending on logistics and what their preference is. There was another is, one so. he was a bit hot on the other yeah. night and I said well Just, yeah. mate, they won it six weeks out give them a bit yeah, of time. They came through on the key Tassie over the, the yeah. feedback from the listeners. So that I think as it, as it relates to South Hobart and a fantastic for them to win the My State Women's Super League I guess so early um, we're, I think we're presenting that on the last uh, re regular round of the season when they're at home. Makes sense to me, Bruno. Very good. Matt Bulkley, thanks so much for joining us in the studio and all the best uh, for the future too with the new role with Oz Cycling. Thanks, gents. Matt Bulkley, the Football Tasmania CEO, uh, joining us in the studio on SEN Tassie Breakfast. As I mentioned, the Kia Tassie open line is 0437 555. The texts are rolling in. We'll get to those shortly. But we're off to another break. On the other side of it, we're coming back to look at the AFL and the last two rounds, it's going to be pulsating. Can't wait for it. That's next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast.